If your job is on life support, you need the job doctor. My brain is a walking database of thousands of case studies on how careers rise and fall. I'll help you diagnose what's really going on. It's the guidance you need to get back on track from someone who's been there. You can make the money you always wanted to make, doing the type of work you have always wanted to do. You may just need a little help from the job doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Job Doctor. Today, we are going to be talking with Eileen. Eileen is making a career change, and we want to help her put all of the cards in her favor, especially around pay negotiation. So, Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Eileen, give us a brief uh, rundown on where you're at on this change. Sure. Uh, So just a brief synopsis of of what I've been going through recently is that I have worked in the healthcare industry for the last five and a half years. Um, I have worked um, as an administrator for um, an emergency room, and now I'm taking a turn and I've had um, I've had about five rounds of interviews with um, with a different company within the same industry, but doing a different line of work. Okay, and where are you at? Are you getting the job offer at this point? I'm close. Yes. I've, I've had um, four Zoom interviews and then um, I just had an in-person interview out of state um, with this company and I'm now awaiting that that offer. Okay. Well, congratulations. First of all, that's very exciting. Thank um, you. Especially in healthcare. Boy, I'll tell you, they have really interesting rules around pay and they have very interesting processes around interviewing. So five rounds, huh? That's not Yes. They're barely figuring out they like you after five rounds. It's amazing to me. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So what's your main question? Is it about pay negotiation and when this offer comes in or give us specifics there? Yes. Um, really, my concern is what I can ask for mm-hmm. um, during this pay negotiation and what can be negotiated. Um, the role that I am taking is a significant jump in both the title and salary. And, you know, I was previously working in a role where I was going into a facility every day. This new role is going to require travel around all of the U.S. I'm going to be traveling weekly. And to be quite honest, I'm not just I'm not very familiar with um, with what comes with that and what I should be asking for or thinking about. Great. Okay. Uh, My answer is dependent on one thing, and that is, is this within like a hospital a, an actual hospital, or is this more of a private company opportunity? So, so it is a private staffing company. So okay. I would be working for a staffing company who staffs uh, physicians in hospitals. So perfect. Um, I would be um, I would be managing contracts, and I would be the okay. director. Okay. Over contracts. Here's why that's important. Hospitals do things a very certain way, just like teachers, just like government. They're so structured, and the way you ask for things and what you ask for is different. Since this is going to be more private staffing, this means it opens up all kinds of possibilities for negotiation that would not be possible if we were talking just about healthcare proper. So right. um, so here's the things that we we should be looking at. First of all, let's understand where your leverage is right now. Tell me what has been said about pay or pay ranges in your expectations. What do you know about what they're paying for the job? 
So um, in the very first interview, which I had with HR, they did um, ask the salary range I was looking for just to make sure that um, I was within the bounds of what they Mm -hmm. were able to offer. And they said that the range was between 100,000 and 130,000 for a base salary. And and what did you say your expectation was? Um, I said mine would be between 115 and 130. Okay. So you at least went higher in the range and they kept going. Great. Uh, What else have you heard from them about title and about the pay at this point, bonus program even included? What do you know? There has been very little. Um, When I spoke to the director of HR in the first interview, I did ask about a bonus structure to Mm -hmm. see what they had in place. And at the time she's, she's very new to the company and didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, She did say at a director level that there was most likely a bonus structure in place, but she did not know what it was. Uh, Next question. And all of these questions are what I ask so that I understand the company's maturity and the company's Mm -hmm. maturity is going to determine how creative we can get in your counter offer. So they don't know the bonus, but she thinks there might be one. Yes. Has somebody had this role before you? Or are you the first person to hold this role? There are several people that have held this role before me, but okay. they're working all over the United States. They're okay. not just within, in the contracts that I would be working. Okay. What that tells me is that they want to stay within a certain range and and they want it to be consistent. So that's going to take away a little bit of our leverage for creativity because they're not going to go out of the box with you or they have a discrimination problem. Um, okay. All right. So you're likely to get an offer. And my guess is most companies are going to go with, they want to start people about kind of the 25th percentile to the 50th percentile of the range. So my guess is because you said you'd be willing to accept 115 to 130, my guess is they're going to come in probably 118 to 120. Okay. Okay. So that's probably where they're going to come in. Your ability to get them higher than that is going to be dependent on your ability to give them confidence that you have more than in terms of experience or a track record of some kind that can give them confidence that you're connected enough to do the things that they're hiring you to do, which is recruiting. Is that it would actually be, uh, it would be managing the physicians on site. So it would be physician metrics, scheduling, um, okay. and reporting on how the hospital is doing overall. Okay, great. So what what would you tell them today is the key thing that you do well? What, how do you know that you can do that well? What we had discussed is that I do have quite a bit of background when it comes to uh, physician management. Mm-hmm. Um, in my current role, I do a lot of business development at my current company, we did bring on, um, we basically started our own physician staffing company and brought it under our roof so that we could manage it. So that came with building that structure from the ground up. We had to uh, create the metrics that we wanted them to buy mm-hmm. their um, key performance indicators that we wanted them to hit. Yep. And I don't think many people um, often get to the ground level like that and get to create a program like that, a quality program. That is your, that is your golden bullet. Because I doubt that the other people that they're hiring have that specific of experience to have managed physicians and brought a recruiting organization under their wing. So that's your golden nugget to get higher in the range. So when that first offer comes in, your counter, and I would always make a counter, by the way, it doesn't hurt you. The company is expecting you to negotiate. Therefore, you should negotiate. The worst they can do is say no, Um, is to push back and say, 
I would expect it to be higher in the range. I was expecting the offer to be a bit higher in the range for these reasons. And then share, I'm probably the only one who's done this. I've actually built this. I actually have a track record of showing that I can do this. And I think that that experience is worth paying me higher in the range. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing. Um, bonus program. This is really a, an unusual answer that you gave me that they're, they're most likely to have a bonus, but they're not, they're not giving you any detail whatsoever on this. Right. And so that either tells me they don't have a bonus program today or they're toying around with the idea of doing a bonus program. The run that I would make if I were you, because it's a private company and it's easier, is to say, I do really well when I'm aligned to getting the results that you want and when it's crystal clear. And what I think a bonus program does is it allows us to get super aligned to performance metrics. I am not afraid of having a portion of my pay based on a bonus for performance. Mm-hmm. I know I can perform for you. Right. And, and so I think if they come back and say, well, we don't really have one, we want to put one together, which is likely what they say if they don't have one, I would push them to say, why don't we try an experimental bonus program and see if it works? Because they'll, they'll sign up for an experiment, they won't sign up for precedent. It's kind of a funny right. thing. And I would, I would start playing with them to say, do you have enough information to know what the targets are? You know, what, what we're supposed to be doing? And if so, let's back into those and create a bonus program. And then let's revisit it. You know, if you're not sure what the metrics should be, which they may come back and say, say, let's, let's just set the metrics for the first quarter. Why don't we set an annual target bonus back into the metrics for the first quarter, use it as an experiment, and then the next quarter we'll refine it. But I think that you'll get more out of the people that are in roles like this if you have a bonus component. So you're really selling them on the idea that when that exists, they're likely to have you really, it gives you the focus to point to the right things and to get the results that they really need. Because this is a, this is a numbers business. Staffing is numbers business. Absolutely. I, I completely understand. Um, you may find that your benefits are not as good in a private company. Do you know anything about the benefits package? I do not know anything about the benefits package yet either. Um, we, we've done very little talk about any benefits, um, very little talk about the pay. Um, okay. It almost seemed like it was a gateway just to get into the other conversations. And then yeah. I assume all of that will happen uh, within the next few days. So this is another way that you could get higher in the range um, or get a sign-on bonus. Um, what I want you to do is look at and get pretty drilled down on what is your out-of-pocket for the premiums and what's the coverage. Because my guess is, I'll bet you 20 bucks where you are now within that system, they're, they have very rich benefits. And when you move into something more corporate, it's not going to be as rich, typically speaking. And so it's one way to look at it apples to apples. And you can always say, look, I, my premium, I have to pay $200 a month more out-of-pocket for this coverage than I did for my other one. Um, we have to be able to make that up somehow. And that's another argument that you can either say, for that reason, I want to structure a bonus, or right. for that reason, I want to go higher base pay, or for that reason, I want to have a sign-on bonus to kind of compensate for that uh, difference. And that's okay. something that you can negotiate. Really, when you look at your whole offer that comes in, you're looking at the entire offer. You're looking at the benefits out of pocket. You're looking at vacation. You're looking at base pay, bonus pay, even the frequency of bonus pay. Like how often do they have a track record for paying it out? Because they can tell you you have a 20% bonus 
and they have a, a track record of only paying it out 50% of the time. So you have to ask those kinds of questions. Do you have a bonus today in your current structure? Um, I did when I started out in this role, but it has fluctuated over the years and we've gone to not having one at this point. Okay. So. All right. Is there something besides base and, and bonus that you have in today's job and really good benefits that you have in today's job that we need to kind of weigh when we look at this new offer? Um, not necessarily. I, okay. I, I assume that going with this new company is going to um, only improve in those areas. I'm hoping they will. Okay. Here's the things that I would ask for. The things that you have negotiation capacity for are, will they pay for professional associations or affiliations? That would be something that would be nice for you to stay current and have them and agree upfront that they'll pay for those or continued training so that you can keep whatever certifications you have active. Um, if it is a traveling job, which probably means you don't have a home office or a corporate office, you probably have a home office. I would negotiate a stipend for that office so that you can get it set up. And I would get crystal clear with them about the equipment that they're paying for on a regular basis, like are they paying for your cell phone? Are they paying for your computer, your internet? And also making sure that I would want a a stipend so that I could buy a desk and, you know, kind of create my own office space. And that could come in the form of a sign-on bonus as well. Perfect. Yeah, that that was actually my next question is that I I knew I was going to have a home office and what will they pay for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, That's really good direction. That's good. Uh, the other thing is to make sure you understand how that uh, cell phone is paid for. Some companies will actually reimburse the actual cost of the phone and it goes on their plan. And other companies will only give you like $50 per month. And of course, if you're traveling nonstop and you're on the phone constantly, that $50 a month isn't going to work. So make sure you drill into and ask a lot of questions around that. I know it's a little bit of money, but it adds up. Sure. Absolutely. No, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, when it comes to PTO, mm-hmm. so I currently, and, and I guess you would ask this question earlier about, you know, what do I want to hold on to from this role moving into the next one? And at my current role, I get to exercise quite a bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, PTO plays into that. I currently have 18 days of PTO, but what I wanted to ask if, if I don't get the, number and salary that I want, would it be appropriate to ask for something on the higher end as far as PTO days? Uh, Short answer, you can ask. You can always ask. Medium to big companies will not move on the PTO because they know they'll get sued for discrimination. Small companies will do it. And then they learn the lesson that they're going to get sued and they change it. So it is harder to negotiate number of days than it is other things. It's hard to negotiate more PTO, but you should make a run at it. It is impossible to negotiate more of a 401k contribution or anything because it's illegal. So those things you can't do. Obviously, the things that are free to the company, like title, are the easiest to negotiate or delayed things like, I'll pay for your certification. I don't have to pay for it now, but I'll pay for it later. Or education down the road. That's easy to get over the finish line. Trying to think of what other things they might offer up to you? You've actually hit on quite a few things that, that I had, you know, I've done a little bit of research on my end, but, um, but you've given me quite a few ideas on what I can ask for, you know, as far as the stipend for the office and, 
you know, the phone plan, my professional affiliations, which are important to Mm -hmm. me. And there's even ones that I have in my future that I want to obtain that I do not have yet. So this is an incredible starting point. There's a couple more that I'm thinking of that we should just throw in. One is pre-negotiating your severance. When you're making a run at a totally different industry and not as safe as a company as where you're coming from, it's totally fine for you to say, look, I, I expect everything to work out. And I don't expect you to pay me if I don't do the job, if you end up firing me. But I, this is a big move for me. And so I'd like to pre-negotiate severance in the event that there's a termination, not for cause, but a termination because of a restructure, reorganization of the company, company goes away for any reason. And most companies will say, that is a really weird thing to negotiate up front, but they will, they will give it to you because it costs them nothing to do that. And I cannot tell you the number of times that people have needed to use those clauses and have pre-negotiated the severance and it saved them. It saved me. I negotiated severance for myself and the company ended up um, moving its headquarters to another state and I was able to trigger that. So that's something that you could ask for. In fact, I'm going to give you a little script here that okay. you can use. And of course, you wouldn't say it as, as uh, flat as I'm going to be saying it. Um, okay. This opportunity is a serious consideration. It has a lot of ramifications to my family. I don't take career moves lightly. And when I make a decision, I really like to stick with it. If I take this job, I'm uprooting myself during an unpredictable time. And I'd like to request that my offer includes a blank month severance. And in your case, given that rate of pay, I would probably ask for a three to four month severance in the event that some unforeseen circumstances would eliminate the job, like a reduction in force or a closing or merger. In other words, The severance would go into effect for any termination other than for cause. I'm not asking for severance if I'm fired for performance. I have confidence I will perform well for you. I just want to put in place protections given such a big move for me. So that's, yeah, I think that that may serve you well given today's environment and how quickly things can change. Sure. And um, and that's that's an excellent point because, you know, with the landscape in Houston, Texas, you can put out 10, 15 resumes at this point and mm-hmm. be qualified or even overqualified for some of these positions and you don't get a call back. So right. having a severance package of three to four months would be a good cushion mm-hmm. to, uh, you know. And, and usually you get things that you ask for if there's rationale. Like what people make the mistake on in negotiating is they just ask for everything in the kitchen sink for the sake of negotiating. You should pick the things most important to you and negotiate on those three items and ask questions, clarifying questions on the other things so that you can make a good call on all of that. There's one more thing we did not talk about that we should address is moving. So are they actually moving you? Do you know? No, I will be staying in the Houston market. Okay. And so there, there will be no moving. Okay. For this role. All right. Because I would have some recommendations if that were the case. So I think that kind of covers all of the things I would be thinking about as I look through that offer. And then Look at what you currently have, add up what you're paying out of pocket for, you know, your benefits, premiums and everything, and look at your PTO, ask clarifying questions on their PTO policy as well, because there's use it or lose it PTO policies, there's unlimited PTO policies, and there's some where they don't pay you out if you leave PTO on the table. So understand how it's done and then make your list of what the three things are most important to you and negotiate from there. Perfect. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. That's incredibly helpful. You are so very welcome. Um, Let me ask before we end, is there any one thing that 
surprised you or that you hadn't thought about negotiating that you want to make sure that you take away from this call? Honestly, I think that the the most important and the thing that stands out to me the most, especially in today's market, is the severance package. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not something that a lot of people talk about or that I've even heard about in the past, but it's so important for your safety and your family mm-hmm. when navigating your career. You know, in today's landscape, people are getting laid off left and right. There's reduction in force all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're kind of left up to their their own devices to figure out how to support their family. And this is um, something that can help you through that time. Yes, I would say, you know, when you're negotiating pay, we often think about the front end, what I get as soon as I start, but we rarely think about the back end. And that is why negotiating your severance is really important. And the other thing that people get hosed on all the time is bonus. They'll say, oh, I was at a 10% bonus here and I'm at a 10% bonus there. And then they get to the new company and they prorate the bonus. So they lost half of their bonus for the year. So those are really important things to think about when you're negotiating your pay. And I hope you get the job. I hope it's everything you want. And congratulations. I know a lot of healthcare people that will listen to this and say, I am so jealous right now that she gets to go do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about it as well. I can't wait. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks everybody for joining. If you like my podcast, you will absolutely love my book. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success, Navigating Pay, Promotions, and Power at Work. I wrote it because I could see that people didn't understand why some people got ahead and some people's career stayed stagnant. So if you're interested in building a more frictionless career path for yourself and having a better experience with work, this is a book that you need to have. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to my website at thejobdoctor.com.